2: Hi, I'm Allison and I'm Taylor, and together we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week we will dive deep into a different topic
0: about anxiety and the real-life experiences
2: we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian,
0: but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too.
2: Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together.
1: Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast. And the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free. So hello. Hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone. And it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform. And the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, everyone. Welcome
2: back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we're back. We're so excited. Uh, And we just wanted to say thank you again to everyone who helps support our uh, podcast. And we um, apologize for just like the inconsistency of when they come out sometimes because there's just a lot going on. And Taylor and I try (laughs) our best to stay on a schedule. We'd like to have all the episodes come out on Wednesdays, um, which we're doing pretty consistently. We're going to get back to that, but life happens. And we're not making
0: promises.
2: Yeah, <laughs> there's Life so avenue. many
0: episodes. If you are someone who has listened to every single episode and you are up to date and like every single second of our episodes you've listened to, please DM me. I mean, you deserve something. First of all, second of all, um, we're sorry, <laughs> but I feel like most people they have like an episode they could catch up on or something. You know, yeah. We have so many. At we this have like point. over
2: seventy episodes, and yeah. so I mean you know I've know that podcast that I love like I've listened to episodes a couple times that I love so yes. I just feel like if it's helpful for you maybe just review it but obviously we're trying to stick with once a week and getting guests on we've had a little trouble with with some guests and stuff but we're here and we're thankful that you stick with us and if you Really, just have listened from the beginning. Thank you. If you follow Taylor and I on Instagram and TikTok, we are just so thankful that you enjoy hearing about our healing journey and healing about uh, hearing about some healing tips. Um, We have an awesome topic today for you, which Taylor kind of brought upon and or was asking about earlier. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm so excited for this because I don't think we've talked about this yet. And we both kind of posted something similar about it on our Instagram. Um, Oh, but before we get into it, what I was saying before if you like our podcast, please leave us a review and a five star review. That would be so amazing. We'd love to get the word out there of, um, you know, helping others heal and just, and the stigma of mental health. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. So um, I'm really kind of like getting all of healing, a lot more healing content out there on my page. And, um, There's just so much uh, wonderful content now to help end the stigma of mental health. But um, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. So we'd love for you to just share our podcast. Go follow us at The Anxiety Chicks on Instagram. Um, Hashtag Mental Health Awareness Month and just tag us and let people know that we're out there. It'd be awesome. Okay. Without further ado, ado, do, do, let's get into our topic. So what made you kind of come up with this? I love that this was your idea, Taylor. You, what, what did you think?
0: I just don't feel like we've done a, a podcast on triggers and like things that people might be doing in their day to day life that could actually be making their anxiety worse. And I don't think it's something that, especially when you've done it forever, you're you don't just know. Oh, that's making my anxiety worse, you know. But once you hear about it, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like, let me try like cutting it out for two weeks and see what happens.
2: I agree. I think we probably did talk about triggers at some point, but I mean, it's always it's always a hot topic. And I feel like the things that make anxiety worse is so um unique for everybody, right? But there are I feel like underlying themes of anxiety for some people um that mm-hmm. kind of are universal. And um and I think that that's going to be important to kind of talk about because there are, I think, I, I feel like there's certain people that maybe don't get like what we're going to talk about that don't really get anxiety the way we do, you know, like you talk mm-hmm. about your hus- uh, husband, right? Yeah. Um, having, not having like certain triggers as we do. And it's like, I, ha- I have I have like? a funny,
0: so- I have a really funny story real quick because this is okay. going to go into the topic. So literally last night at 2 a.m., um. The fire alarm go. It does four beeps, right? It's like beep, beep, like so oh, loud, God. wakes us up. I'm like, oh my gosh, and uh, of course, heart's racing, right? When you get awoken like that, you're just like, oh ah. my gosh, like you're ready. And so, and then it stops, and so you know, my husband, he's like, oh, faulty, right? He's like, ah, oh, something must be messed up. Me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this could be carbon monoxide. Like oh this could gosh. be signaling that we need to get out. We need to open windows. And I'm, I'm like, I'm in full blown detective mode. I'm like, why did that thing go off? He's just like ready to go back to bed. It just like, it really showed me the, the difference because I'm like, and then I Googled and it's like four, four beeps and a pause is like, it could be carbon monoxide. So I literally go outside and I I stand on my patio and I'm just like, how do I feel? Like, (laughs) So yeah, I thought I was going into full-blown carbon monoxide poisoning last night while my husband's like, no big deal. like Just go back to bed. And here I am still here, guys. So uh, yeah, he's right. but it, But it's true. It's like some people, they just aren't triggered by things. And there's things that don't make their anxiety worse. And then some people... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it can spiral them. And I think that's why it's important to maybe trial cutting it out, but don't be like, oh, this one thing makes everybody's anxiety worse. So I have to cut it out and I can never have it forever. Because I think that's when people get depressed because then they're like, I can't do all these things. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. Or you get – or you're someone who's a perfectionist and likes to focus on making everything perfect that you think you have to cut out all these things and then you just become so rigid with life because I was there
2: once. Totally. Well, so that's so interesting, that story, because I feel like (laughs) when when I've experienced like nocturnal panic attacks before where I just like Mm -hmm. wake up out of my sleep and I'm just like in a full-blown panic attack, right? and I feel like that's like a really – it's such a concrete way. It's like that's – what your story is how I feel when I wake up in the middle of the night having a panic attack, like a fire alarm is going off. So yeah, I can't even imagine yeah. it actually going off. I'd be like, what? <laughs> like this is the worst. But that's – yeah, it's so interesting. Well, um, I'll – so I'd love for both of us to kind of talk about what what makes our anxiety worse and then, you know, obviously there's – I could talk about some research and stuff about that I've learned about when when I've researched on my own personal level, but um, there is one thing that I can say that that is a very kind of like tangible like f- something that I've cut out that has caused me so much anxiety, which is caffeine um and there have been there has been research that shows that caffeine basically you know stimulates the Um, nervous system in a way, right, that um, creates very similar symptoms. It could to like physical symptoms to anxiety, right? Like it's a stimulant. Yeah. Some
0: people are definitely more caffeine sensitive for sure. Yes.
2: Yeah. So I am totally one of those people. the, The couple panic attacks I've had that weren't the severe ones, but like one of them was actually was after I had like a coffee like a strong coffee though and there i know there are certain coffee stores that have stronger coffee like i think starbucks yeah that's when it happened to me it was a starbucks coffee um and i remember i don't i didn't drink a lot of caffeine in general anyway Mm -hmm. um but i remember the one time the last time i had caffeine was that night i had a panic attack after like a it wasn't even espresso it was just like a regular coffee and oh my gosh it was so, and I, I think also, you know, when when things start happening in my mind, and I know with you with health anxiety, you feel one thing, and then your brain starts spiraling, so everything gets worse. Absolutely, worst.
0: absolutely. One hundred percent. So caffeine is
2: definitely something that I've taken. I don't know. Are you a sensitive to caffeine?
0: I cut it out when I first got anxiety because so I was on stimulants as I've talked about before for ADD ADHD mm-hmm. and when I got off of those I cut out caffeine as well and I because you know you google and it's like caffeine is so bad for anxiety and like blah 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 so I got off of it cuz I was like I'm going to try that so I mean I I don't know if that was a reason I was having anxiety whatever so then about when uh, I would say like four years into my healing journey, I trialed a little bit again so like just like a tiny tiny bit. like I was like, I just really love coffee. I love. how it used to make me feel and and my brother's like this too so it might be something in our family but like when he cuts it out he's almost like kind of depressed and like he gets a good he gets a mood boost from caffeine and so Mm. do i so like there's just something and i know a lot of people relate to this because i've posted about this before they were like so depressed when they had to cut it out because they just love the ritual of waking up and it's 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 like a it can be like a a thing to look forward to in the morning for some people. And uh, so I trialed it again, just like a little bit and I didn't feel weird or anything. And I was like, okay. And so I would like add in a little bit more as the weeks went on. Like I I didn't just like drink a full cup of coffee my first time. It's kind of like getting into working out, right? You're not going to just go and do a full blown sprint five miles. You're going to do a little bit, see how you feel and then add on from there. And so I did that. And now I drink exactly what I used to drink and it does not affect me. And I get like, and I get crazy. You know, I can go crazy with like heart racing and like heart palpitations and it does not cause that for me. It's weird. It is so weird how some people like, I don't even feel my heart race on it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can have like a mindset around it too, but I do believe some people are definitely more coffee. I think also you're like, I'm drinking a stimulant. And when you go there, you know what I mean? You could maybe.
2: Yeah. I mean, for it, me, it's hard also, to know. it wasn't just about like that panic attack, you know, like that was, you know, uh, layers of things, I think, but it also really affected my sleep. I was not sleeping well, oh, see, I, when said I drank great. coffee either yeah so so it wasn't just that's like that my, one thing that's how
0: my mom is and we're like trying to like she'll just have one cup of coffee in the morning right but yeah she's she'll have like a tea in the day or something and like black tea has a lot of caffeine guys believe it or not it's actually very highly caffeinated um and so then she'll have a hard time sleeping. And I'm like, I firmly believe that she is just more caffeine sensitive, whereas I could drink a cup of, cof- cup of coffee before bed and go to sleep.
2: It doesn't affect well, me like that. And see, I guess, yeah, just everybody's body is is so different. And I, I wish – I think that I do – see, so you were saying you missed it. Like I missed the taste of it. I loved um, – you know, I love having something warm to drink. So I drink herbal tea all the time. I have Mm -hmm. a huge, you know, so much tea in my cupboard. Um, And I love like uh, different types of tea. I do. But there is the taste of coffee. I really do love like when I just have a little bit of creamer in it and a little bit of sugar and, you know, they've different flavors. It's just delicious in my mind. And so – I'll sometimes go to – there's a place in Philly called Wawa and they have – their coffee is not that strong, but I like if I want a treat and I've done this maybe like once or twice this year and uh, I will fill like 75% of it with decaf, which still has some caffeine, um, and then a little bit with caffeinated, which is like hazelnut, which I love. And The two times I've done that this year, I've been okay. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it also messes with my digestion too. Like, yeah, it just yeah. Messes with if that. you have, yeah, yeah. So, so I just and I was okay those days, but I don't have this desire. I, I don't need to have it. Like, I really love drinking mm-hmm. tea, so I think um, I've been okay. And it really has, you know, my sleep has been affected for other reasons now. So. <laughs> But yeah, caffeine. I so I don't know. Um, I, I would say
0: yeah. I would say it, definitely if you're in the midst of panic, cut it out. Like it's just
2: it's or at, not least you, yeah, at least try. Yeah, at least try to, and you know, because soda has caffeine in it. You know, like try yeah, I've and never cut drank down. Soda. Cut try and cut down your soda intake. I yeah. mean, I would just see if you can really try and do that, and just like take note on how you feel. Wants it now. Right. Obviously, if you have been drinking coffee or you've been drinking soda a long time, you're literally going to have withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, I, I was mean, about to
0: say sometimes you can feel worse, and you can almost be like you could trigger you're gonna a feel bit worse of depression. You get better. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. Yes. Like any other type of you know thing that you're dependent on, or um, right. You know, you're gonna have a lot of people have bad headaches if they drink coffee so much and then they don't have it. So yes. Um, you yeah. know. Also, just talk to your doctor if you feel you have any questions or something like that. But for me, it was like a lifesaver. So. I don't. Yes. Know. Um,
0: Another how about thing. You? So that's
2: one of mine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I don't drink at all. Drinking is just so linked to alcohol. anxiety. Alcohol. Yeah, You're talking about alcohol. alcohol. Okay. Yes. Do not drink alcohol at all. I haven't had a sip of alcohol since I was probably, oof, oh, like five years ago, six years ago. Um, Whoa. And it's that's just, awesome. Yeah. It was just not for me. And I recognize that. And I'm like, I don't need to drink. And the people I, I'm around, they know I don't drink. And that's they drink and that's fine. It's not like it's a problem for me. It just never mixed well with me. It always made me more depressed. Uh When I would drink, I would get sad. And I'm like, this just isn't fun. It just wasn't fun to me. And I noticed it triggered more anxiety, especially the next day.
2: Right. So that's the thing about alcohol is there are People think that it's 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 a like alcohol is a depressant and people don't understand it's a downer. They don't understand that they're like, "What are you talking about?" I, you know, when I drink, it actually makes me like someone with social anxiety, for example, it makes me like come out of my shell and it really like makes me feel like so much better. I don't. What are you talking about in the moment? Maybe, (laughs) yeah. So so this is so so this is not why it's a downer. Okay, when you're actually on whatever the substance is, yeah, mm-hmm. you can feel, uh, you yeah, know, oh my God, your inhibitions, right? Oh my God, yeah, all this stuff. You feel like that's a false sense of yourself though, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason it's depressant is because when you're hungover, right, when the alcohol is leaving your body, that is when that happens. Yeah. That is when that depressive feeling and those anxious feelings start happening is when you're actually like withdrawing, from what you're drinking. And it's
0: literally a drug. It's a toxin. Like it's just not – all in all, it's not good for us. They're they're coming out with so many studies recently just like with the brain and things. It's just our brain is so important for our mental health – and a a person I love to follow, Dr. Eamon. I don't know if you've heard oh, of Oh, I love him. Oh but yeah. Man, the recent studies he's he's spoken about. He was he literally will tell you he's like, do not drink a single drink of alcohol. He was like, I scan so many brains a day, and alcohol is horrible for your brain.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's um I I love him too. Yeah. He reviewed my book and he liked it. I was really excited. I was like, oh my gosh, he's like, I'm like a fan of his so much he is so full of information and he has a book too which is amazing uh-huh. um but yeah he t- talks so much about about that yes as as it's like a toxin now for anybody listening i mean listen i have wine i enjoy drinks there's no judgment for anybody that enjoys and manages their alcohol and enjoys it honestly i mean it is totally fine um and i think if you are able to kind of balance your life like in a balanced state, then, you know, do enjoy your life, whatever, whatever like makes you happy. But I think if it comes to leading like a different type of lifestyle and you really have debilitating type of anxiety um, or you're having some physical health problems or something like that, really like minimizing your intake of alcohol, it can be so, so helpful in helping you heal. So I think that's just what we're trying to say is like really trying to like find a balance between like what you can what you can have and if you feel like there's just a part of you that wants to try and just really go cold turkey and and stop like that's amazing, right like try try that and see how you feel, maybe even for like thirty days or something, you know what I mean like don't just be like I'm giving it up forever. I mean even just go. 30 days without it and see how you feel physically and mentally. And I don't know. I I I mean, is that is that what you did or did you just kind of just stop?
0: Yeah. I mean, everybody around me drinks literally. There's uh I I just and if you don't want to be my friend because of it, I think a lot of people feel this feeling of they'll be left out or they won't uh they'll feel uncomfortable in social situations or whatever. It's like really evaluate what matters more to you uh, your mental health or people liking you. And for me at that time, I mean, my panic attacks were so bad. I was like, I can't afford to drink a drink and make everybody else around me think I'm cool or like fit in or whatever, because my mental health matters more than anything right now. So I just like, I had cut it out then, but then I realized how much better my quality of life was after doing that, that I just never wanted it again. Does that make sense? So it's like I cut it out because I knew it was bad for my anxiety and my panic mm-hmm. attacks were literally all day every day. Mm-hmm. So I there was just the thought of drinking was just like I can't. And then I just never wanted it again. And now I just literally don't think about it. Everybody knows I don't drink and it's just kind of my thing. I think it'd be weird if I drank. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd get
2: wasted from one sip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and actually, you know, like the – I mean, if you think about, like I was talking about before, how, um, you know, what happens and why it's a depressant and stuff. And so what happens is alcohol actually changes the levels of serotonin and other mm-hmm. neurotransmitters in the brain, which actually worsens anxiety. Mm-hmm. So that's why when the alcohol starts wearing off, you feel like a lot more anxious. Yeah. And, and a lot of
0: people, they they need another drink to get through that.
2: Yes. 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 And sometimes this like alcohol induced anxiety can last for like hours or even like the entire day. Like you might be hungover the entire day or like even the day after.
0: Yeah. Or and I just like don't that. see, I just don't miss that. Like I think back to those days where it's like that, that Sunday or, or whatever, it was just mm-hmm. like straight dead. You know, it's like there was nothing fun about that. And now I just like, I don't know. I just, yeah. I think of like pros and cons and I'm like the pros of just like, not drinking outweigh the pros of drinking for me but i yeah. totally understand like people who who like drinking
2: you know well and also you know the uh the whole thing about um not even uh, the, about drinking in general like i i do want to kind of differentiate you know having like a glass of wine for dinner or something and binge drinking right there's mm-hmm. those are two different things um and so binge and and just going out and really drinking a lot too. I mean, that is um, essentially creating uh, not only a lot of um, like problems in your brain when that happens, but it's also um, making you not able to control yourself in other situations.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like
2: when you do that and you drink a certain amount – And say you black out or – right? That's probably the scariest thing that can happen because your brain literally stops being able to tell you like what what is okay to happen. You don't have control literally of your choices Um, and that can be really scary. (laughs) I mean that was literally me in my 20s. Um, I did a lot of that because I was actually – underneath, I was really depressed and really anxious. I had a lot of Mm -hmm. social anxiety. And I was really depressed and felt horrible about who I was. And drinking is the only thing that, quote unquote, made me feel better, right? Mm-hmm. It was didn't even really make me feel better. It actually made me feel 10 times worse because I was blacking out and then feeling so ashamed of that and not even knowing what I was doing. It was horrible. I'm still like working through that basic trauma of me like having a dependency problem. It was ridiculous. Um, but anyway – I can now um, say that, you know, I'm pretty much – I can balance what I balance, but it's still – you do want to really create a lifestyle for you that just makes you feel good, right? It makes you feel – and 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 alcohol can kind of perpetuate anxiety and depression. One thing I just I, – I looked up and I just want to read this because this is actually um, – it's actually really informative. So, have you ever heard of like hangxiety? Mm-hmm. Did you? You mm-hmm. have heard of, of hangxiety, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, this one article says like, what is hangxiety? Okay. So they say drinking alcohol dumps a flood of dopamine into the pleasure center of the brain. The feel good chemical swirls through your head, but the rush only lasts for a short while. When dopamine levels dip back down, feeling feelings of anxiety rebound. Researchers think that that may be one of the reasons why people who experience anxiety, especially those who are extremely shy, may have higher risk of developing alcohol use disorder.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that Absolutely. interesting? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And then it says, "How does alcohol boost anxiety levels?" And it, it um. It says heavy drinking produces psycho ph- sorry heavy drinking produces physiological changes in the brain. When you're drinking there's an influx of GABA which causes you to feel relaxed and calm. When you stop drinking you have withdrawal symptoms. Your body gets used to that crutch to feel calm. Take it away Oof. and anxiety often follows. Add interrupted sleep to the mix which often happens when people drink to excess. And feelings of depression and anxiety can get even worse. Yeah. That's pretty much was my life for a long time. Um, But yeah, I think that's great. And so I asked you before, I'm not sure if you heard me, but um, did you just go and decide one day to... Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit BetterHelp.com slash TheAnxietyChicks. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety Chicks, And join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. was my life for a long time. Um, but yeah, I I think that's great. And so I asked you before, I, I'm not sure if you heard me, but um, did you just go and decide one day to quit? Or did you do like a 30 day and see how you felt? And then you were like, or... Er. Oh, my, my my panic attacks were just so bad. Like I had
0: extreme, just, extreme panic disorder. So I was just like, I, I mean, the thought of even going pain. out. Yeah.
2: I just didn't so do just, anything. Yeah. 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 And, that, and that was good for you. Well, good. Yes. I'm happy to hear that you're you're on the mend. I mean, you are. You're, you're totally – I feel like you have such a good toolkit.
0: Yes. Yes. I've not had point. a panic attack in five years.
2: Right. I would say that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so the
0: next thing I can think of is not moving your body. So being sedentary is – it literally gives me the itch. And I didn't realize how much working out was so good for my mental health until I got into like a really rigid workout routine. And if I do not work out and like I just spend the whole day just sitting, I am irritable, I am unwell. Like it is just, for me, it is so important for me to have a workout planned for each
2: day. So that's, that's I I feel the same way about moving my body. I'm not necessarily Mm -hmm. um, someone who has to like, is like a gym rat. Who needs to mm-hmm. be like? I'm going to the gym and I need to do the bike for 30 minutes every day, or else I go crazy. My movement is is more like I need like I need to do the mindful movement. I need to go outside and take a walk. Um, part of my exercise will be maybe I'll take an hour and a half walk, you know, and briskly walk, um, or mm-hmm. I'll do a yoga class, um, or I've been like trying to look into. Um, there's different dance therapists that do like mindful dancing movements, kind of like a Tai Chi. Mm. Um, I haven't done that yet, but I've been thinking about it. So it's a different type of movement, but it's movement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but yes, something, something that really gets your, your body to be, I don't know. I just think that it's like also with, with exercise. I mean, I do go biking and stuff like that and hiking also, Um, But, you know, there's so much research on how moving your body and exercising is good for your heart, (laughs) is good for your mind. Yeah, It, um, you know, boosts dopamine and serotonin, right? When you're working out, it kind of like produces those chemicals.
0: Yeah. There's nothing – I mean, if you're just in a funk and you go work out, that – every time you work out, there's a release of endorphins and – I promise you'll feel better. Even if before your workout, you didn't feel like doing it or didn't want to do it. When you go afterwards, that endorphin reward is just so mood boosting. It can like change the direction of the day. I mean, there's just so many benefits. And then for me with health anxiety, I remind myself like when I'm getting my heart rate up, when I'm working my body out, our heart is a muscle, right? So we have to work it out just like we would our biceps, right? So if I'm not working out my heart, I'm not maintaining a healthy heart. So when I'm working out, I remind myself I'm doing this and I'm making my heart stronger. I'm making my heart healthier uh, to live a long life. Like it's just – it's doing the things to help keep the health anxiety at bay because I have – like I said, and I think I've said this before, all I can do is focus on the things I can control And then I can't worry about the things I can't control. So, right, I can control my workouts. I can control my diet. I can control what I put into my body. And knowing that I'm doing all those things, I'm already healthier than most Americans, right? So I'm like telling myself that. Why, like, the statistics of something actually happening to me by maintaining that type of lifestyle are a lot lower. And so that's all I can control. I can't mm-hmm. control the like little statistic risk factor that could happen to me, right? So by doing all those things, I think it's also a part of the health anxiety component because I know I'm doing stuff that is good for me, and I don't have any regrets or uh, bad feelings about myself. Like, oh, you just ate all that sugar, and you're not moving your body, and you're doing all these things that do lead to disease, and so. When I do do things like that, I feel worse about my health anxiety rather than when I am doing all the right things, I feel a more positive thought about my health anxiety.
2: Okay. So I love that you brought up the that control thing, right? And like focusing on on what you can control that can uh-huh. help make your anxiety better because the next – what I was going to say next about what what kind of – makes my anxiety worse and what I've heard from many people is um, the people that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. So like negative people, right? I I don't have control over anyone else's reactions to things or their opinions or beliefs about things. I do have control if I hang out with them or not. (laughs) I don't need to be – I don't need to surround myself with those people.
0: (laughs) Even just like – not even just negative people. What about like people who just overstimulate you? Do you Can you think of someone who just overstimulates you and when you're around them, you just feel a wave of anxiety?
2: So those people totally – and I know so much just because in the work that I do, those are like majority of the clients that I see initially because – a lot of times those are very, very highly anxious people and they just don't have tools yet or they're not working on their they're not working on themselves yet. Maybe they're not in their healing journey or but they're very like like hyper people, like very hyperactive. And yes. I kind of just have, this, I, have like, fr-
0: I have a friend. I have a old friend. Oh, sorry. Where were you? No, saying? I was just
2: gonna say like the energy. Like I can feel energy when it's like that and I yes. can't be around that energy yes. sometimes. Yeah.
0: Go Even ahead. people who uh don't even have anxiety though. Like, I can think of three friends in college who just when I was around them, I felt like the, 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 the even the speed of their talking, and, and it's not their fault, but it's just like I couldn't be around it. Like, it really was a trigger for me. It was like, oh my gosh, like it was like doing a sprint almost, like keeping up with their, like, so yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's interesting. I think I do better around more like mellow, uh, connected to their feelings. Um, Type of people like I feel most comfortable around people who are on a healing journey, or you know what I mean, like just kind of focused on bettering themselves. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I just I I do better with people who kind of are on the same lifestyle as me. I guess.
2: Yes. Yes. No. Me too. I think. I think that's why when I'm um, when I'm in a highly anxious state. I can't be around someone else who's very highly anxious. It really triggers me, and it's not because it's their fault. It's this is no one's fault. I mean, someone who <clears throat> I we're all we all have things we're working on, but I think that it's it's not a good recipe for anybody to be when they're in a highly anxious state or they're they're going through a panic attack to be around someone who's also panicking at the same time, (laughs) right? (laughs) Or like having – it just that that can perpetuate so many more symptoms. So being able – and so – but I – anyway, I want to go back a little bit to what – so I I feel like, yes, that can make some panic and anxiety work having those types of people. But I sometimes – I don't want to like blame those people. Like they're not bad, I, you know, like I don't know. Everyone needs to – everyone's working on things the way they yeah. can. But I I think that for me, like the negative people, like the negative – because I, I have people in my life that I know are very highly anxious and I know when it's okay for me to kind of be around them and and I really love them. Um, But they are this type of people you're talking about and I do surround myself with them, maybe not all the time but i'm talking about like people that are really just negative. They are so invalidating about everything. Like if i do have yeah. a feeling or if i'm if i am anxious, like they're just so dismissis- dismissive of it or they're just like you just have you're a fine bad attitude, bad attitude. Yeah. or with they're just life. like you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. What are you what are you talking about? Like you're crazy. You're fine. Like just unsupportive. They're just negative. Yeah. They don't, you know, I don't know. They just are negative. They don't mm-hmm. see the good in anything. I don't. I don't really actually surround myself with people like that anymore at all, um, because I can't. Because that's a huge for me. That's just a trigger. So, you know, I, I just think that um, being able to to be aware of the people you surround yourself with can be such a huge part of your healing. Um, I know when, like in my book, I talk about the healing toolkit, right? Creating your healing toolkit, and. Um, part one part of my toolkit is my support system. And I have the people I have in my support system and they make me feel very safe. They make me feel mm-hmm. like I'm they don't judge me for what I go through, even on my worst days. Um, they listen to what I have to say, they validate my feelings, they don't make me feel like I'm quote unquote crazy because of what I go through, even on my worst days. And They make me feel like I can go to them when I'm having a really scary moment. So all those other people I'm talking about, they make it worse. Anyway. Okay.
0: (laughs) I feel like the last one for me is diet. So if I'm eating horribly processed foods, uh, tons of sugar, um, and I think – going back to caffeine, I feel like when you're drinking a cup of coffee that has tons of sugar, tons of artificial sweeteners, tons of just all the stuff in it, right? Like all these additives, I feel like the combination could be bad. So maybe trying something a little more simple, like I only put coconut milk in my coffee. Like I'm not I I think when you add in the sugar with the caffeine and this combination of things, that's where you can really have a blood sugar spike and then a drop, which that could be your anxiety trigger. It might not even have been the caffeine. It could be a spike in blood sugar because anytime we drink uh, or eat sugar or highly processed white starchy foods, we have a spike in our blood sugar. When there's no protein or fat to balance out that, it's just going to immediately spike your blood sugar levels. And then every time you spike, there's always a drop. And usually sometimes, most of the time actually, it drops below um, like the number 60, which when we see a drop under 60, it's hypoglycemia. And a lot of people will experience a small bit of hypoglycemia, which can trigger anxiety symptoms in people. So it's just really important to stay more on a – Balanced blood sugar level for people with anxiety because a lot yeah. of these spikes and these falls they can mimic panic attacks in people. Uh, mm. Spikes can manic uh, can mimic a panic attack, and so can the falls. And so for me, I like to eat my proteins before I eat a carb my proteins and fats before I eat carbs. And I've noticed that that is more of a stable blood sugar level for me. I know there's a lot of people with health anxiety are like, oh my gosh, I have hypoglycemia. And it's like, you really don't. You just aren't eating balanced throughout the day. So once we figure out diets with a lot of people, we realize that they're just on a super, uh, they're on a roller coaster with their blood sugar levels. And then once they balance them out, they feel just so much more at ease. And it's truly all so connected and it's so crazy. crazy. We just live in a day and age where grabbing a package is so easy, right? Grabbing just chips and grabbing a dip. And it's just there's no protein involved. And protein is so huge in balancing our blood sugar levels.
2: Well, and so many things are processed.
0: Yeah. We got to stop grabbing.
2: Yeah. Especially in our country. I mean, our country is go, go, go. Like work hard, play hard. And that's why people want fast things. Or you wait
0: too long and then you get that hypoglycemia. Okay, say you started your day off with like a uh, croissant, right? So you had that croissant, you had that spike in blood sugar. So you're going to be chasing that spike for the rest of your day because of the way you started your day. You started your day with a spike. So then you go into a fall. So you get to that fall, you're busy, you're you're working all day. You're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I feel like I'm going to pass out." So then you what do you do? You go grab the nearest thing that's easy to eat. You're not going to go cook up a meal because you're busy. Or you know, you're going to just grab whatever's the fastest. And that's when you grab something processed. So then you get another spike and you're just continually chasing that spike for the rest of your day. And I'm telling you, I've seen so many of my clients feel just million like a million bucks when they change their life like this. Like your blood sugar is so connected to anxiety. It's crazy. That's so
2: cool. I I feel like is that also what leads to like cravings? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. What is the um, when you say you have your protein before your carbs, so that actually really matters. Yeah. Having- yeah. I
0: can. It, I. I mean, I've seen that most with a lot of my a lot of my clients is when they have their protein. They try, like, say you have your plate of food, right? And you have like a little piece of chicken, your vegetables, and your starch. When people eat their chicken first, and they let that, and also just like slowing down, right? Mm-hmm. It, it really can lower your spike significantly. And then also if you really want to work on – if you're like really big into this, into biohacking your like blood sugar levels, taking a quick walk after your meals can level out your blood sugar level to where it doesn't cause as much of a dip and it doesn't cause as much of a spike. It's so crazy. I mean this this research is going like it's continually being researched on, but it is going it is already causing so many changes in the world. But a lot of people, unfortunately, they don't worry about blood sugar unless they have diabetes, which just like is dumb, uh, because there's just so much study and prevention and uh, mental health with it. So. Until we can get into a world where people care about prevention, it'll be hard to get it mainstream, but there's just so many benefits to blood sugar levels in non-diabetic patients.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Well, this is like very good information to have. Yeah. It's so crazy because, yeah, I mean, I just think it's so hard to, when you crave something and oh, it's just, it's like the discipline. When Yeah, you're- but
0: it's also like a lot of times I feel like cravings are shut off in clients when they start eating adequate protein and mm-hmm. balanced meals. So a lot yeah. of times we as a society, I feel like we'll eat maybe like one thing in the morning and then we'll like have a large break and then we'll maybe have a dinner or something. And in reality, we didn't get enough calories in the day. And so, and we didn't get enough balanced calories. So maybe you had all your calories were carbs, or all your cal, or you had high carb, high fat, and we're not really getting adequate protein. The average person is not. Eating what our ancestors ate, like we are just not fulfilling and having a satiety of maintaining and fiber. Oh my gosh, we are so lacking fiber in this society. Everyone goes to get these like juices, right? They're like, I'm being healthy. I get these fruit juices, but their juice is just all the sugar and some nutrients from the fruits, but you're ma- you're missing the fiber content of the fruit. You're you're just you're taking the fiber from your fruit and that's the thing that's going to help with satiety and staying full. And yeah, we are in, we're in a really bad spot, honestly. Like if you look around when we walk around, most people are very unhealthy and it's really scary. I mean, mm-hmm. our health system is
2: fully taking a beating. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say with fiber real quick, that that's more fiber is good for you, right? Like for your digestion? No. So or, oh, see, okay. that's another
0: thing. Yes, but no. Uh, so that's another thing because a lot of people, they'll maybe get on like a diet plan, right? And then they'll start having, oh, I need to get all this fiber. But were you how much fiber were you eating beforehand? If you weren't eating any fiber beforehand and then you just go stockpile on fiber in a day, you're going to feel like crap. You're going to, it's going to really mess with your digestion. So I always recommend slowly inching your way up and they really want you to be at like 25 to 35 grams a day of fiber. And there's no nest. There's there's no studies right now that are showing that anything past that is necessary. Uh, but, but I mean, hitting that is really hard for a lot of people. There's a lot of people who do not even hit that. And, uh, also, just like looking at your fiber, like where are you getting your fiber from? Are you getting your fiber from? Uh, a lot of people will do the dietary fiber in those artificial packages. It's just, it's not quality fiber. Yeah. You want it from okay. whole foods. And so, yes, fiber can be just really good for you. Fiber, protein, the things people, everybody wants to cut out things. Everybody's on this weight loss program, right? Like, they're all like, I got to cut my calories down. And like, these mindsets are just, and it fails. I, I see it fail in clients every single day. But I'm always like, what can you add to your diet yeah. to make you get on better habits? Yeah. Stop removing things. We work on, we're in a society that's like, remove carbs, remove sugar, remove, uh, just stop. Stop doing this to yourself. Stop beating yourself up. Stop putting yourself through harm. You're causing yeah. yourself harm when you're restrictive. And that's what leads well, to what, eating disorders.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, I guess in our case of what we're talking about, you should maybe cut down on sugar <laughs> if you have anxiety. Well, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh, because uh, sugar is,
0: yeah. I, I think actually I, 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 I disagree. Everybody should cut down on sugar. I'm not telling you, re- like, pull it out of your diet because we all know we'll fail, right? The second right, I restrict right, a client, they fail. Down. No matter if Got they it. have anxiety or anything, if you tell someone to take something out of their diet, they will fail and they'll fail behind your back. Right. And like, you'll
2: just take it out. out of them. You're saying
0: yes. like just- Reduce. Yes, like S- reduce significantly and- reduce. Don't have the donut and- for the breakfast, the, the coffee with the sugar. Then for lunch, have the jam on the, you know, it's just like, it's yes. the things yes. we yes. think yes. are normal, a PB&J full of sugar. So it's just, you really have to look at things. But yes, I just went on a tangent. I'm sorry, guys.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love that. Just Honestly, passionate. I just learned so much i love that i know we when i hope. when
0: i get talking i forget how like what i know and then like once you get me going it's like people are like taylor shut up like i do this in social situations and i'm like i've got to chill
2: you i love listening to you stop it and also we're going to do an episode about that because i feel like <laughs> yeah that yeah, is definitely. Really good, all good information you guys let us know if you would you would like that because i i would <laughs> For my, (laughs) like, I have questions. (laughs) I have questions. Um, anyway, there are like a couple other ones we didn't get to today of what makes anxiety worse. So maybe we can kind of like come back to this because there are, uh, we only tapped into a couple things and, um, I think like we could talk about this a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but these are just some suggestions on how you can maybe help, help your healing and, and just work on creating a more balanced lifestyle for yourself, especially if you struggle with panic disorder or anxiety disorders. Um, but we really appreciate you guys listening today. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember to um, go to the, sh- the show notes and you can grab the Anxiety Healer's Guide. And um, I have a new course coming up in June. You can learn about that. But also email us, theanxietychicks at gmail. Follow us at the Chicks. Taylor, anything else you want to say? Follow
0: at health underscore anxiety. And I just realized the time. So bye, guys.
1: (laughs) Bye, guys.
2: Hi, healers thanks so much for listening to this episode of the anxiety chicks with taylor and i as always you can find us on instagram you can find me Allison Sepinera, as the anxiety healer and taylor as health underscore anxiety and as always you can check out the anxiety healing school i just dropped a new course called when panic attacks triggers that create fear and how to overcome them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them.
1: Uh, It's a self-paced course and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well. So go to the anxietyhealingschool.com to check that out and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates
2: about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with.